You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Good day, Bruce. How are you? Good day. Um, healthy alive. Doing well. I am not doing well. Do you want to know why I'm not doing well? Yeah, let's hear it. That painful, agonizing, sorry excuse for what you could call a press conference out of the president of yeah. the United States. That is unbelievable. That is just tragic. Let, let me I, let me see if I can uh, play a clip here. Let, let me just see yeah. if I can play a clip here just to give people an idea of of how that went. How long was it? Was it like an hour or something? I don't know. Um, I got I think I watched maybe 20 minutes of it, maybe. So I don't know if it was if that was the entirety of it or, you know, if I missed a few minutes, I don't know how long it actually was. All right. Well, I got a 30 second clip here. Let me let me see if I can cue this up. Hold on just a second. This is this is just, this is unbelievable. So the best way to get something done, if you if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to anyway, I'm we're going to get a lot done. And if we have to, if there's complete lockdown and chaos as a consequence of the filibuster, then We'll have to go beyond what I'm talking about. Okay, um, hang on. Uh, sorry. Oh, Sangmin, Miss Kim. Do, do you want to maybe clue me in as to what the hell he just said? So that uh, I I think I missed that part, but it, it, painful is what it is. That's sad. Um, That's it, really it, it sad. Is. I I heard similar. Uh, the the one that really stood out that I heard. Uh, he was asked a question on uh, legislation for gun control, and it was basically allowing um, the victims of a shooting, like the family or the person if they survived, to sue either the manufacturer or um, the uh, dealer that sold the firearm, uh, which is absolutely insane. But um, he responded with infrastructure, uh, Flint, Michigan's water he did not respond Flint, at all. Michigan. Flint, Michigan's yeah. water. Someone's yeah. asking him a question about gun violence and, and gun control legislation. And he's talking about Flint, Michigan's water. So the the nicest conclusion I can come to that one is they have pre-described or pre-planned questions. And this dude went off of that rail and Biden could not... Um, I, I guess he didn't comprehend that, uh, you know, we're, we're not on the you questions know, anymore. And I'm looking and at the dude, the questions. I'm looking at the dude. He, I, he doesn't have a clue. He, he does not have a clue. He's he's gone. Like I can tell when the light's on and no one's home. Man, the light is on and no one is home. No one's on the same block. Yeah, it, it, it's sad at this point. I, I'm I, I know I take the stance of uh, Biden is uh, he, he's made his bed. He chose to be here. This is his. But at the same time, when I see this man, it's still painful to watch. It is still like, yeah, man, that's sad. That's really sad. You know, I'm not going to sit here and I'm, I'm not going to sit here and bash on the guy. But that's that's really sad. That's really sad. Well, and they're, they're also the, the, the government is being told to call it a Biden-Harris administration, right? That's, yeah. that's the official yeah. um, um, 
their ages, all federal agencies have been ordered to call it the Biden-Harris administration from now on, despite his yeah. screw ups, which I don't believe he's lying when he says that. I believe he's telling the truth. I, I agree. And here's the thing. I think it's kind of I think it's kind of uh, desensitizing the American people to that idea. And they're kind of like, you know, getting them used to the idea of Kamala Harris being so much in because this isn't you, you don't usually call an administration the you know, it wasn't the Obama Biden administration. You it's mean the usually Obama the Obama. Uh, no, no. I, I meant back all in the day. I'm referencing all back, back in the, the day. day. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, it wasn't a, a Trump Pence. It wasn't, you know, was it Bush Cheney? We never referenced that. We always referenced just the the made, you know, the main guy, the president. On a side note, and, I, I don't think it was a Bush Cheney administration. I think it was the Cheney Rumsfeld administration. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in this case, why why is it we're we're supposed to? I, so the only conclusion I can come to is uh, they're desensitizing us to the idea of Kamala Harris taking up so much of a role, which she's supposed to be over the border right now, by the way. Uh, she's supposed to be the one. Yeah, someone know, asked her about that. And she laughed about it. Yeah. They, asked her, they said, are you yeah. are you planning on going to the border? And she's like, uh-huh, um, not today. Yeah. And then uh, lady, you don't laugh. At, you, you don't laugh at stuff like that. That's a serious no. problem down there. Yeah, it, it is. So uh, my, my, my bringing up all of that, I think it's. Uh, I, I think we're being prepped for Kamala Harris taking over the position of president. Um, and I think they're going to, I think, honestly, maybe it's the hundred days. Maybe that's after the hundred days, Kamala Harris is going to take up. And that's why Biden kept talking about a hundred days, hundred days, hundred days. Uh, There's something else here now. And I heard, I heard a constitutional expert lay this out last week. He was asked the question, what is to stop Speaker Pelosi from taking over at the White House? What is to stop that? And he quite simply said nothing. The line of secession, the way that it works is you would have to like, it, it doesn't work if, if you have a president that resigns and then um, Pelosi steps up to like vice and then Kamala would step up to, to the president. It doesn't work like that. But what would happen in this case, uh, there would be um, it wouldn't really be an it wouldn't be an election, but um, you would have. Let's say, for example, let's say Kamala would resign. Well, then due to the line of secession, the speaker would have to take over in that case. So let's say that she steps up as a placeholder. She goes on for a couple of months doing what she's told. But then if she gets I don't know, too far out of the line or something, then she'll step down. And then you got Pelosi in there and there's nothing you can do. I don't know that Kamala would be willing to give up that position, honestly. If she was willing to uh, do a little bit of sucky sucky on, with John Brown uh, to get the position that she had. She's, Willie Brown. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's Willie. Willie. My bad. Yeah. Which is even worse. But anyway, <laughs> sorry, that's childish. Uh, I, I, I can't see her giving up the position of being president. The first woman president and the first indian first woman president, president? really uh, yeah she won't she won't get she won't give up that title woodrow I, Wilson? I don't think she would hello yeah i i agree uh, woodrow was out of it and his mm -hmm. wife was basically running things that's kind of what I, that's kind of yeah. i'm wondering i'm wondering is jill biden the new mrs wilson um uh, honestly I, I think i think biden is aware enough to be able to sign things as we've seen uh with him signing the executive orders it's uh the deep state around him that's doing everything that's that's putting everything in front of him so in a sense uh pelosi doesn't really need to be on the she doesn't need to be at the head because she's already head of deep state i mean who do you think is keeping well, all the 
here's the, the National Guard at the Capitol. Yeah, but she's already tried to get those nuclear codes turned over to her twice already. You notice that? Yeah. She's already tried to do that twice. I, I, I kind of feel like that Pelosi is more of a they're, they're trying to they're trying to build the deep state and like basically the the bureaucracy that they have built there would be in control. And then the, the president would essentially just be a face. I, I think that would be more beneficial to them than it would be to for her to take over the, the president, well, the pre- if you will. The president's been a face since, um, well, you could argue since Kennedy, but you had Reagan who was, eh, yeah, Re- Reagan was a little bit of a, you know, he did what he wanted to do and you see what they tried to do to him. Trump was I, I a real president. Than that. You I think, think it's been longer than that? than that. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't the State Department started by FDR? You have to double check because I'm not entirely sure on that. But I, okay, wait a minute. The State Department, I don't know, but at the same time as FDR, you had the formation of the Council on Foreign Relations. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, he was the one that created it. Uh, let me let me find out here. Uh, Department of State. Well, I guess the Department of State has been around longer than that, but there was departments and whatnot that, no, it used to be Foreign Affairs, and then it was changed to State Department. Mm-hmm. I might and have of course, my they, timing. They adopted the Council wrong. on Foreign Relations when FDR was in. That's when that's when it came in. And then, of course, that morphed into this god awful. You know, I mean, that's that's kind of what a lot of those people do. They just they pick people behind the scenes. But I don't necessarily think that Trump was part of that cabal. Trump was a, a wrench in the works. He wasn't supposed yeah. to be there. So I would argue he's probably been the first real president and the system freaked. Right. They didn't know what to do. So it turned him into a, uh, you know, put him into a into a frenzy, more or less. But if you think the press conference was bad, right, let's 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 jump to this, right? Listen to this, right? If you think the press conference was bad. Now, we were talking last week. They sent an envoy to Alaska to meet with China, right? Meet with the Chinese diplomats, yeah, Chinese delegates. I'm sure they were more than happy to, you know, hash out some differences, right? No, no. Friday, they met. Now, this... Like I said, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and play cheerleader for Trump, but you wouldn't have seen something like this under a Trump presidency. It wouldn't have happened. China humiliated Biden's team in Alaska. Absolutely humiliated him. The general consensus is that the top two Biden administration officials, the Secretary of State Antony Blinken and the National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, were outperformed in Alaska last week by their Chinese equivalents. Wouldn't have seen that one coming. You sent a couple of stooges up there. What do you expect? Didn't they like blatantly say... Uh, you're not coming from a strength of power. The Chinese said to us, I mean, more or less. Yeah, they wouldn't have done that under Trump. No, just saying it would have. No, because they would have been taken to the woodshed by trade. That's what would have happened. Uh, the first and so far as we know, the most dramatic example of Chinese showmanship came from Zhang Jiaqi, Beijing's top foreign policy official, talking for nearly half an hour instead of the customary two minutes. Hmm. Why didn't somebody stand up and say, shut up? You only get two minutes. We got a lot to do. Let's get down to business. D- does does anyone have the ability to stand up and say that? I'm sure they have the ability to. They just um, didn't. they didn't have the testicular fortitude to do that. Yeah, you know it's it's nice it's nice that you want to uh, to sit there and and argue that your points, but uh, we got a long day ahead of us, so uh, it'd be best if we could just get on with it. You know that's that's a very polite political way of putting it of saying shut up, sit down, and shut up. Yeah. Zhang lambasted the Biden administration's human rights policy. You got a lot of nerve, sir. And went on with a systematic demolition of its foreign policy rules. 
okay, I'm not going to argue with you probably on foreign policy when it comes to the Biden administration, because nearest I can tell they don't have any. So I'm not going to argue with you on that one. Open borders, maybe? Yeah, that's yeah, that's why I said they don't have any foreign policy. So there, there's no policy. It's just an open door. So what does it matter? Nothing of the sort took place during Trump's presidency. Yeah, nothing, nothing like that happened under Trump's presidency. As a matter of fact, if that would have happened under Trump's presidency to the secretary of state and the national security advisor, those two guys would have been out on their behinds by dinner. They would have had their pink slips cleaning out their desks and they would have been fired. Yep. And rightfully so. Rightfully so. The Chinese adhered to the prearranged rules. What's well, nice? It's nice that they could follow the rules, including the time limits on individual contributions. Apparently that slipped in the in the opening statement there. Apparently they, they must have just forgotten. They probably had to be reminded of it, you know, to, to be fair. Long flight after all, you know, from from Beijing yeah. to, to Anchorage. Long flight. Yeah. 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 Uh, nor did Beijing's representatives ridicule the American positions as they did last Thursday and Friday. Hmm. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of is last Thursday and Friday. Yeah, okay. However, Biden said that he was proud of the performance of the Secretary of State. How can you so, be proud of that? So you're, you're, you're proud of them failing and making America look like, well, it, it fits the narrative that they've been saying for years that America isn't great. One example of this, right? Listen to this. The military press headlined the Chinese humiliation of the Americans and focused at considerable length on Zhang's diatribe at the outset of the talks. And to add insult to injury, Beijing introduced a new requirement that would-be travelers to the People's Republic be vaccinated with a drug of Chinese manufacture, vaccine diplomacy, right? It's what the Navy Admiral talked about, the commander of Southcom. Yeah, vaccine diplomacy. Oh, yeah, you can come into China, but uh, you're going to have to take one of our vaccines. A country that has not developed a vaccine in 5,000 years all of a sudden has to have one. No, 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 no. You're going to take one of those to get into China? Guess what? I'm not going to China. The same country that forcibly sterilizes people that disagree with them. And the same country that gave us COVID. Even if it was just saline solution. Who do you think is going to be paying for that vaccine that they're wanting you to take? Dr. Oh, Fauci? Well, you are. Of course. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. I yeah. Had to. Well, he, he paid for the research of that vaccine. So he, he's got his invest, investments already in place. <clears throat> Bruce, he paid for the research of the virus too. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. That's and documented. Failed. That's not hyperbolic. That's, yeah. And his failing of uh, the HIV yeah, that. Yeah, there is that. Back in the 80s. But hey, he's the highest paid government employee and a top medical advisor to the White House and a liaison to the World Health Organization. We got we got something on the World Health Organization, too. You're going to love it. So in other words, get back to the Chinese thing. In other words, the Chinese did what? Right. They ran rings around the two bumbling buffoons that the administration sent there, which we kind of figured that was what it was going to be anyway. Yeah, because no one has any spine. No one's willing to stand up because they're in the pocket of Beijing. So they don't care. They were sent there, of course. They were probably they were probably prearranged when they got there. Make sure you send the two dumbest guys you got so they can bend over and take it. Sounds about right. And let it be known that China, not the United States, don't tell me this doesn't sound like Karl Marx propaganda. Let it be known that China, not the United States, would set the agenda of talks between the two superpowers. Now, see, China, you come to the U.S., and you're going to set the talks? No, 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 no. No, you're not. 
No, you're not. I would take the Trump approach, right? Trump took this approach 10 years ago before he even considered running for president, actually 15 years ago now. And he says, well, he was asked the question. Trump was flat out asked the question. He says, what would you do if the Chinese ambassador or the Chinese president came to America to sit down and talk? He says, we'd immediately go to my office and we'd start negotiating. And if he didn't like what I'd have to say, I'd say, thanks for coming. We hope you enjoy Disneyland while you're here. Have a nice day. That's what should have happened. They don't get to pull those talking points and run that meeting when they're on our soil. If we're in Beijing, okay, they can put together whatever song and dance they want. That's fine. You're a guest there. They're a guest in the U.S. You call the shots. You have a backbone. You have a spine. And if they don't like it, guess what? Have a nice day. We hope you enjoy Disneyland while you're here. Not just that. Also keep in mind that this is where the virus originated. The entire reason our economy is in shambles right now, well, it's not the entire reason. It was going to collapse anyway because of, of government and corporations getting in bed together and the nonsense they were doing. But that aside, the, the reason last year the economy tanked so much was because of China. And we're supposed to just bend over and take it now? Uh-uh. No, he should have came down with an iron fist on these guys. Yeah. Uh, but Listen here. What are you going to be doing to compensate us and the rest of the Western nations? What are you going to be doing about that? We should be out there playing team captain of Team West here. That's not happening. We're getting thrown the, the dirty laundry like the towel boy. That's what's going on here. Yep. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. And there's no excuse for it. Of course, who am I? Yeah, I'm just a lowly podcaster. Who am I? The most shocking thing about the sessions was the failure of the American preparation for the Chinese assault. As I said, they were probably told to send a couple of bumbling buffoons up there. The top two representatives from Washington sat mutely by as the Chinese humiliation dragged on. The U.S. response came a day later and was a far lower level than Beijing's opening critique of Biden's foreign policy. Better luck next time, is what they say. That right there... If you're an American and that doesn't anger you, I don't know what will make you mad. I really don't. Clearly, lockdowns and having your business shut down won't anger them. So I don't know why this would anger them. Yeah. At, at this why would point. this? Yeah. Why would this? Since we're on the subject of China, the guys over at National Pulse did this one, and this is this is good. They dug down into this one, uh, and we we just saw it come across our desk here a few minutes ago. This is amazing work that they're doing over there with Raheem Kassam and all those guys. So the World Health Organization. COVID-19 investigator. He's a COVID-19 investigator. Peter, da- is it, it's Dasik, not Dasik. Dasik. I mean, Dasik is what I'm finding online. Okay, so fine. We'll, All right. Peter Dasik. All right, we'll go with Dasik. Peter Dasik has worked on over 20 research endeavors that list affiliations with, the Ch- with Chinese Communist Party-linked entities, including studies funded by the Chinese government and co-authored by military-linked researchers, PLA. Dasik appears as an author on at least... 25 studies affiliated with funding uh, with a funding entity or author linked to a Chinese Communist Party think tank, university or government ministry. The unearthed studies follow National Pulse reporting highlighting Dasik's involvement with the Chinese government and promotion of Chinese state run media outlets. Didn't we watch something a while back? It was I say a while back. It's about a year ago now of the other World Health Organization guy. He's Canadian, I think. Yes. And he's his name was I want to say his name was like Bruce something. I, you know, I'm sure there's no pun here, but he was giving a speech. All he was doing was talking up China, talking up China and how great it was. And he says, oh, if I had COVID, I'd want to be in China. Who says that? Yeah. Is it was this the same one that when he was questioned about Taiwan, uh he shut the call down? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't hear the question. And then she asked the question again and he hangs up. Yeah. 
while he's got a, a UN flag behind him in the shot. Yeah. The studies authored by Dasik focusing on mammal viromes, cross-species transmission of bat coronaviruses, and RNA viromes count funding from the Chinese Academy of Sciences and Chinese Academy of Medical Sciences. Both entities are controlled and funded by the Chinese Communist Party. With the Chinese Academy of Sciences describing itself as the linchpin of China's drive to explore and harness high technology and the natural sciences for the benefit of China and the world. Interesting. That that seems a bit. Uh, what? Why? Why would China take an interest in in these specific? types of research. I mean, it doesn't sound like it has any kind of relevance to today or last year or even October or so of or 2019. All the, way, all the way back into 2003, maybe with SARS. Mm, yeah. All the way, all yeah. way back into that. It's, it's strange. Mm-hmm. Similarly, Dasik studies focusing on the ACE2 receptor in SARS-like coronavirus, panda parasites, phyloviruses, and the Fugong virus count funding from the Chinese Communist Party's state key research program and its Ministry of Science and Technology. Strange he, how he seems to be so close to all that. And, and it's funny because when the World Health Organization sent an envoy of investigators over to China to investigate the origins, they said there was no way that that could have come from a lab. And of course, they weren't allowed inside. There was no way it could have come from there. And they ruled out any future investigations into that being the possible origin of of what we've dealt with. It, it doesn't matter that we had white papers that was saying in the beginning, this was from a lab. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mm-hmm. matter. No, no, it doesn't matter. Now, maybe this matters. Another Ministry of Science and Technology funded study focusing on the gene pool of bat SARS-related coronaviruses, authored by Dasik, used grants from the Chinese Academy of Sciences 100 Talents Program. Now, what's the 100 Talents Program, you ask? The 100 Talents Program is a major project in the Chinese Academy of Science in terms of recruiting outstanding talents overseas. Hmm. The National Natural Science Foundation of China also funded Dasik's studies on... I'm sure this is just coincidence, right? I'm sure this is just coincidence. Bat severe acute respiratory syndrome and Hmm. novel astroviruses from small mammals in China and serological evidence of bat SARS-related coronavirus. I'm sure it's just coincidence. I'm sure it's just coincidence. Yeah, it it doesn't sound like there's any kind of correlation there at all. No, no. Yeah, they're just doing legitimate research. Now, the National Natural Science Foundation of China implements works entrusted by the state council and relevant governmental administrations, right? It lists itself as a state-owned institution formed under the loving care of comrade Deng Xiaoping. The National Natural Science Foundation of China also describes itself as guided by President Xi Jinping's socialist thoughts with Chinese characteristics for the new era, earnestly implementing the spirit of the party's 19th National Congress. Uh, again, I don't I don't see any kind of correlation or any anything. No, I'm sure that there's I'm sure that there's no link to this whatsoever. No, no I'm sure that there's not. Uh, now. It's funny because, okay, those are the ones that he has linked in China. But what's he done here in the West? What, what's he done here in the West? He's obviously got more papers than that, right? He's done more research than that. Well, let's take a look at what he's done here in the West. He's co-authored studies uh, alongside researchers and academics from state-run think tanks and universities. So in addition to the studies funded by the Chinese Communist Party-linked entities, 
right? He's also done these other ones. One study was called the Joint China-U.S. Call for Employing a Transdisciplinary Approach to Emerging Infectious Diseases. Huh. Funny how we're facing one of those right now, isn't it? Interesting. It is. It's, it's, it's weird how all that yeah. seems to, you know, you know. Hmm. Uh-huh. Now, he lists the affiliation with researchers from seven China-based state-run institutes, including Secondary, Second Military Medical University and Academy of Military Medical Sciences, PLA, right? Both schools fall under the jurisdiction of the People's Liberation Army. Hmm. Huh. Also out of China again. Yeah, here. yeah. Again with, again with China, yeah. 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 Uh, he also did some studies focusing on wildlife, right? But oddly enough, it was wildlife contact in China. That's that's where. Yeah. So his studies focusing on wildlife contact in China have collaborated with the Provincial Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, what was it? The, the did they wait? Is it the Guangdong one? Yes. That, that's what it was. Uh huh. OK. Because uh, hmm. um, isn't that kind of towards Hong Kong direction? I want to say so. There's an article here from last year. Guangdong province to build 25 to 30 P3 labs, one P4 lab within the next five years. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that's not a problem or anything. So let's let's take a look at this, right? His studies focused on wetlands. Now, I'm sure, again, I'm sure this is just coincidence, right? I'm sure, I'm sure this has nothing to do with, there's no correlation, there's no connection here. Focusing on wetlands, bat coronavirus spillover, novel bat coronavirus, H9N2 influenza viruses... And the Fugong virus have been co-authored with researchers from China's state-funded laboratories, the laboratories you just mentioned, or ones like it. Most notably the one out of Wuhan, right? That's their only P4 lab, I believe, is the one in Wuhan. And there's only a handful of those labs on the planet. Now, this part right here, and again, I'm sure that there's no connection here, right? I'm sure this is just coincidence. Six additional studies listing Dasik as an author, which focus on zoonotic viruses, rural communities in southern China, natural reservoirs of SARS-like coronaviruses, coronavirus hosts, paramyoxiovirus, and Black Death were written alongside researchers from state-run think tanks and universities, including... Again, I'm sure this is just coincidence. The Wuhan Institute of Virology. I, I'm sure that there's no influence there. I'm sure there's no bias there. No, I'm sure it's just coincidence. All. all right, over to Fauci. Apparently, Fauci has a counterpart in China. Did you know that? I mean, it makes sense. Pulmonologist and longtime Chinese Communist Party member Nishan Zong projects years of COVID mitigation measures as Fauci warns against jumping the gun on reopening society. Yes, the CDC's hmm. come out now and said, oh, no, we're going to have an uncontrolled, un, what was it they said? Un, it was uncontrolled, unnecessary surge. Yeah, because the states are reopening against CDC yeah. guidelines. So yeah. you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're not listening. You're standing up and, and getting freedom? No, no, we can't have that. How, how are we supposed to be doing what we're told when... Every few minutes, you're changing what you're supposed to do, first of all. Second of all, you gaslit us for the entire year. Why should we believe you? <laughs> Again, government's bad, okay? Top U.S. infectious disease expert, Anthony Fauci. Excuse me, where's my manners? The sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci on a recent public health panel signaled common ground with the renowned Chinese doctor and public health administrator on the matter of the ongoing COVID-19 restrictions, with both Fauci and his Chinese counterpart suggesting that those restrictions could continue for many months or even years. Well, he's already said that 
well, we're, we're going to have to wear masks in the U.S. long into 2022 now, and then it'll be 2023, then 2024 and 2025. And, you know, the uh, I want to say it's the Miami Heat. I think it's the, uh, the Miami Heat, the basketball team, the national basketball team. They're going to reopen their stadium, but they're going to have special seating sections for those that have been vaccinated for COVID-19. They're going to have special sections for them. But 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 you still have to wear a mask and you can lower the distance in social distancing only slightly, though, only slightly uh, two feet instead of three feet. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, maybe they'll be gracious enough to let you have 18 inches. I, I, I don't yeah. know. Gracious enough. Jeez. Yeah. I like my elbow room, but, you know, whatever. I, yeah, I do, too. You know, I, I always hated those. Yeah, you, know, you go to like a movie theater and there's some some jerk next to you that takes the armrest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I don't like the idea of a shared armrest anyway. I don't either. Like this is a capitalist system. Why don't we have chairs that are you have two armrests that is specifically for that chair and then the chairs next to you have their own. Bruce, I want a recliner when I go to the theater. Yeah, that's the new trend nowadays, uh, you know. Well, in the cities, uh, the the smaller locations like around here, we still have the classic theaters. But mm-hmm. some of the new one, newer trends is the uh, classic theaters. You still have like the classic theater, so like the saloon <laughs> where they show uh, up in the the horse and wagon. Right. Oh, I mean, technically, we still have drive-in. And then you well, no, the, the horse and wagon, and then and then while while the the stars are are getting out because they come to town for the night, you know, and then they, mm-hmm. as they're getting mm-hmm. out, then. Like there's a there's a shootout in the saloon down the street for the poker game. Is that is that what you're talking about? As entertaining as that would be, no, that that that's not actually. <laughs> Maybe 200 years ago, but yeah, not not now. I don't know, man. Some of the nowadays with some of the entertainment we see, uh, I I know that's pretty barbaric and sounds bad, but that would almost be more entertaining than some of the stuff. Actually, no. Can we have our political officials do that? Just just have them, you know. That that would be more entertaining. Sorry, man. That would be I, more useful. As, you said, as soon as you said we have a classic theater around here, the first thing that came to my mind was the movie Tombstone because you're out in Oklahoma, so it's like you know. That, I mean, that's what <laughs> that's what came to my mind. True. Yeah, yeah. Fauci in early March appeared on the virtual panel titled "The Future of Health." Yeah, the future of health with Dr. Anthony Fauci. Can you imagine? This dude's like 81 years old. Man, go play golf. Right. I mean, we'll, we'll indict you later. Just go play golf. Right. Enjoy yourself for as long as you can. Go play golf or go go spend time with your kids and grandkids. I mean, statistically, you don't have much time left looking at statistics. Right. 78 is the average lifespan here in the U.S. He's 80 or something like that. Enjoy your last. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Same with Biden, but, you know, whatever. Also present in the meeting was the Chinese pulmonologist, Zhang Nishan, who has been at the forefront of China's response to the pandemic and who has been referred to by the national spokesman. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that name. That's one of those Chinese names you just can't get right. But anyway, they call him China's Fauci in, in their state media. They're 80 years old and get paid. More than any other government official as well. Gets paid more than G. Yeah. I'm sure you would love that. Oh, I'm sure Xi Jinping would love that. Yeah. <laughs> if someone makes more than him. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, to be fair, he doesn't make more than the president. He does on paper. But the kind of dealings that the president and, and whatnot yeah. can potentially get. Uh, I don't know. Hunter Biden. Well, he had to give Pop half his salary, right? That's yeah. what uh, that's Just what for being allowed uh, to do business. Yeah. You got to give money to old Pop. Yeah. You got to pay Pop. What the text messages allege. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's funny that Hunter says that. And then, of course, Joe actually has it listed on the POTUS count at Twitter. Yeah. It actually says pop. Yeah. It's in his in his body. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, Zong has a long career in the Chinese Communist Party hierarchy, having served for years in delegatory positions in both CCP's National Congress, in both the CCP's National Congress and its National People's Congress. He's also served on numerous state research initiatives and is the founder of the state-funded Guangzhou Institute of Respiratory Diseases. On the panel... Fauci and Zong both expressed hopes that COVID-19 restrictions worldwide would continue well into the future. Why would you want to continue that? What, what are they going to continue that worked uh, versus the virus? What well, what worked versus the virus? Now they're going to, it's nothing. It's the agenda. They're, now they're just going to yeah. tie you up with variants, right? It's, it's what we said last week. They're yeah. just going to tie you up with variants now. Uh, when you look at what, what they did with the, the whole masking, social distancing, lockdowns, all that kind of stuff, look at Sweden, look at other countries in Europe. Sweden didn't really lock down. They did have a curfew at one point and look at other countries there. Sweden had a, I think overall it was like a 7.8% increase in um, uh, excess deaths. But they're listing, other comorbidity. they're listing comorbidity. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. But they had, um, no, overall they had a 7.8% increase oh, okay. overall. Um, which honestly, that would follow our current trends here in the U.S. But um, you had other nations, though, like Italy, I think was like 18%. Spain was in that vicinity as well. And they had some of the strictest lockdowns. So the only conclusion you can really come to when Sweden, when you look at how much sunlight does Sweden get compared to Italy? A whole lot less. The population. How much older is the population in Sweden? It is actually older in Sweden than Italy. When you look at all the different, they, they had less mass compliance. That I think they had a, a 17% mass compliance there or somewhere in that vicinity, below 20%. Um, the social distancing, they already kind of social distance anyway. In fact, they actually sent a kid home for come to, coming to school in a mask, not for not wearing one, but for coming to school with one on. Um, and they said masks, there, there's no scientific proof that masks work and are, are, are needed. So with all that said, when you look at what Sweden, uh, the policies they enacted, and you compare other nations that did stricter lockdowns, lockdowns don't work. In fact, they made it worse. All the mitigation factors that they did made it worse. So what am I, what am I to conclude here if, if I'm being, you know, connecting the dots, if you will, not even really connecting the dots, looking at what they did. And the, the the trends they're 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 doing. This wasn't about the virus. We've been saying that for a long time. But I don't see how the average person can look at this and go, "Oh yeah, this is this is to to help the virus." Unless you're a part of a cult and you believe everything they say. Well, if you're standing by those claims, then you're really going to love what they had to say here. Zhang himself claimed that the efforts to develop natural immunity to COVID-19 are inadvisable from a national policy standpoint. It doesn't work this way, he said, and it's not realistic and less scientific and inhumane. He argued that mass vaccinations are the common sense approach to engendering herd immunity in the population. But to do that, will take about two or three years with global collaboration. Uh -huh. He said, I have noticed in other countries that actions are not strict enough. So that will not be enough to stop the spreading of COVID. Fauci echoed the same concerns, warning against the danger of what he said was jumping the gun or doing so too quickly, and seeming to imply that countries should keep COVID-19 measures in place even if they appeared to have suppressed the virus within their borders. Now, what did I say last week? I said they're going to tie you up with the variants now, right? 
Isn't that what I said? I said they're going to lock you up with all these variants now, and that's what they're going to push because they don't have anything from the original COVID. So now they're going to tie you up with all these variants. There's like, what, 10 variants now? Now they're going to need 10 new vaccines. You're going to have to take vaccines for all these. Oh, yeah, that's what all this is. Fauci said it is important to realize that variants arise. And if you suppress the virus in one country, but it is allowed to spread uninhibited in other areas of the world, sooner or later, the variants, the new lineages, the mutants will come back and rekindle the outbreak, even in countries that seem to have it under control. So we still have a considerable amount of task in front of us. It's almost like he hasn't been a virologist for 40 years. It's almost like he's not a scientist at all. It's almost like he doesn't care about science or data or facts. No, he doesn't. He, he doesn't. He cares about one thing and one thing only. He cares about the agenda he's paid to carry out. That's all he cares about. That's all. He doesn't care about anything else. And of course, he goes on to talk about how complete elimination of the virus should become a matter of national policy. I mean, that's that's what we should do. We should just implement that as a, as a national policy and we should just follow that. Uh, and if we stray from that, well, then, you know, we're just we're never going to get it right. Right. We'll never get it right. Until the next virus. Yes. And then we just have to shut down again. Yeah. And if we don't, if we don't do anything now, it's it's, it's like it's all because of climate change that these viruses are popping up like they are. So when the next virus pops up, we have to lock down again 10 months. And in so doing, we'll also fight climate change. And this will this will also help us control the virus and fight the virus. Well, that's not good enough, Bruce. That's not good enough because there's an op-ed out of Bloomberg that says we need to prepare for a permanent pandemic. I say we already are in a, per a permanent pandemic. It's called human nature. Yeah, uh, I, I would I would tend to concur with you. Uh, Bloomberg has published an article by Andreas Kluth, which argues that new variants of COVID-19 means the pandemic will be permanent. Yeah, what did I say? They're going to tie you up the variants. Yeah, you could see that one coming a mile away and that there will be an endless cycle of restrictions. He says that the idea the world will at some point go, quote, back to normal is almost certainly wrong and that SARS-CoV-2 will become our permanent enemy, like the flu, but worse. Uh, have we seen any evidence that this is even worse than the common cold? Have we seen any evidence of that? Have we seen any evidence that this has a higher death rate than the flu? Do, do you know, you couldn't actually consider something to be a pandemic unless it had a higher death rate than the flu. You actually couldn't do that. But they changed the definition of what a pandemic is after the H1N1 outbreak in 2008, 2009. That's how they're able to do this. But they're banking on the fact that no one's going to actually go look that up. You can go look that up. That's what we did. The author cites the ongoing emergence of new variants that behave almost like new viruses, which means that we may never achieve herd immunity because current vaccines are powerless against the coming mutations. Now, see, don't you worry about that. They're going to have new vaccines ready to be rolled out at the drop of a hat, right? Bill Gates himself said it. He said, well, because we're using the new mRNA, we'll be able to develop things much faster than we did before. If this is the evolutionary trajectory of SARS-CoV-2, we're in for a seemingly endless cycle of outbreaks and remissions, social restrictions and relaxations, lockdowns and reopenings. Yeah, what, what did I say? I said it's called successive approximation. This is how tyrants and authoritarians take over. They clamp down on something, then you react to it a little bit, and then they let go of it, but not completely, and then they'll come back on it later, and they'll squeeze down on it even harder. Successive approximation. That's how it works. Same thing with this. They can regulate and control society however they want. That's the beauty of it. This, so it allows them to do whatever they need. Go ahead. This will only work uh, doing the successive approximation with the, the whole shutdowns and then continuing it and then 
it'll only work if the population agrees to it. As long as you in the West, don't care what country, as long as you capitulate and continue to follow the cult of coronavirus or, or this, then they'll be able to enact this. If they're able to do uh, honing down on the U.S., if they're able to take away your guns, like Biden's kind of alluded to that he would do, though they've been kind of backpedaling a bit, we'll see if there's a, another shooting, which there's going to be. I mean, that's just the way it, things work. There's, there's always that's the price of freedom. Uh, if you want your freedoms, there are some risks involved. It, with the next shooting, we'll, we'll see if they try to get rid of the filibuster and then go for our guns. If that's the case, then what do you have left? The Second Amendment is the last resort when uh, against a, ty- a tyrannical government. If a government telling you to shut down over the uh, over a cold isn't tyrannical, I'm not sure what else is. So when they try to do COVID nineteen or COVID twenty twenty one, whatever, but if they took away your guns, what 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 are you going to do? Well, I mean, you 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 have no more equalizer. You're just a slave at that point. I would argue we're already well down that road, my friend. Oh, I agree. I think they have to take the guns like they have oh, in yeah. every other dictatorship. They yeah, have yeah, they're going to take gonna, the guns. Yeah, they're going to try. Yeah. At least in rich. They, they goes on to say this, at least in rich countries. Now, see, it's rich countries. You know, the, the head of the World Health Organization said that he was disgusted that countries would put their own populations first. He was disgusted. <laughs> Wait, so he said it was grotesque. That's the equivalent of of the president saying they're disgusted that Texas looked after Texas first before looking after Oklahoma. Yes, they should be looking but, after everyone else and then taking care of themselves after after that. Because, hmm. I mean, you might have people that are disproportionately affected. Right. Um, yeah. So see, uh, at least uh, at least in rich countries, right? He says here, at least in rich countries, we will probably get vaccinated a couple times a year. I tell you what, you can have my two. You go right ahead. If you're that stupid that you want to go out there and you want to do that to yourself, you go right ahead. I won't stop you. Vaccination needles come in all sizes. Just saying. Oh, yeah. Probably get vaccinated a couple times a year against the latest variants in circulation. Yeah. See, yeah, they're going to have. Yeah, they're going to have all these things lined up for you, ready to go. But never fast or comprehensively enough to achieve herd immunity. Yeah. See, it's never designed to end. They're going to whack you up with all kinds of experimental garbage. I mean, nearest I can tell, they haven't had any resistance to it yet. Nearest I can tell. I mean, I could be Um, wrong. Am I missing something? So the greatest resistance to the vaccinations is Republicans, uh, specifically religious. Um, So ironically, this is this is ironic. Just side note, little little fun tidbit. You know how the left is saying that we're stupid lemmings, basically. Um, uh-huh. We're we're Trumpians, and we we have no we don't have an opinion of our own. How do you also have at the exact same time that people can't think for themselves a vaccine that was headed up by President Trump, who they say is the cult leader, and yet Republicans, Trumpsters, the Trumpites that they say are unwilling to take the vaccine? How are those two both possible at the same time? Uh, I think it's something like sixty percent of. Uh, Republicans are willing to take the vaccine, I think, or something like that. Or they're, it, I, I think it was 60%, and only 40-some percent are concerned about it, and or 30-some, whichever, whichever way it went. Whereas Democrats, 80% of them are willing to take the vaccine. It's not a vaccine. Oh, I agree. It's a therapeutic. It, it's gene therapy. But I would also ask the Democrats, 
Which one? Which one is Trumpian? Which ones are the Trumpsters here? Everything that they do is about reprojection. Everything. So they claim that you're in a cult. If you're a Trump supporter, they claim that you're in a cult. When in fact, who's behaving like the cult members now? Now that they don't have Trump to fall back on, who's behaving like the cult members? You, you had what'd you have before COVID? Right? You had climate change. Right? The crazy loonies that were out there gluing themselves to hospital floors and and gluing themselves to train cars and and aircraft aircraft and all the rest of it no one took those people seriously stopping trains so people couldn't get to work guess what covid comes along you've got the same crazies that have doubled down twice over and more than that more than that you've got the ones that were on the fringe elements they didn't get involved with the crazy climate change stuff but oh boy you got them all mixed up into this covid stuff didn't you yeah yeah you know, I see people, I still can't believe it. I see people that are terrified out in public. They're terrified. They are masked up, gloved up, and they will step away from people because they're that terrified. They're walking down the streets by themselves with a mask on. If those are climate change crazies, then, you know, you didn't see them before. You know, you saw them in fringe elements in like the cities and stuff on a Saturday or whatever it was, tearing up a park and, and destroying a park somewhere. But the rest of these people, look what you've done. Look what you've done to these people. Maybe it was that prevalent. Maybe maybe they were that prevalent, but because there was no physical uh, identifier like a mask to identify those people, they just blended into society. Maybe. And now that we have the mask mandates, social distancing and everything, it, it those people just kind of um, stand out, if you will. But still, I mean, I, I see the people that walk into like stores and, and whatnot. And man, the first place they're going, they're hitting that hand sanitizer like it's going out of style. No, oh, I mean, by the way, there's it's crazy carcinogens in those um, hand sanitizers uh, study finds. Yeah, I, uh, I I quit using them. You know, I'll wash my hands. You know, I, I wash my hands uh, enough times in a day with soap and water. I don't need all that hand yeah. sanitizer. Yeah. Soap and water is more effective anyway. I quit doing all that stuff. I don't know, man. I, I really don't know. I look the average person out there, man. I just I don't know. I don't know. You know, I was telling somebody a couple of days ago, I said, people are just going to have to start thinking. But if people don't know where to start or if they even want to start, I don't know. You've got to get that wake up element, I guess. I want to say it's a it's a wake up element. But the only way you're going to do that is by stopping the payments to them. Right. You got to stop paying. Yeah. Because yeah. we're paying people off. That's all we're doing. We're, we're paying people to to not fight back. You've Pretty got much. food. You got food in your refrigerator, don't you? You've got lights on at your house. You got water. You got your smartphone. You got your Netflix. You don't have to go to that office every day, do you? You can work from home. And we're giving you $1,400 of Walmart money. You might as well just hand out Walmart gift cards. That's actually an interesting... I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, that's an interesting point. Why, I wonder why they haven't been... Because there are some people that are just using the, the funds that they're getting for things like... Um, a new TV or a new phone or, you know, something like that instead of saving it or spending on bills or money. I mean, there are those that are, you know, smart enough to uh, use their money that way, but uh, they're, they're probably also the ones that aren't wearing masks and thinking freely. Um, but I'm surprised they haven't like shipped out like a, a credit card or something with one of the major companies and it be a, as you said, like a gift card for one of the major Amazon or, or Walmart or, you know, whatever major one. I'm surprised they haven't done something like that more blatant. Well, I think if they could, then they would, right? If they could work some, if they could somehow work a deal with like MasterCard or something, I think they would. That'd be my guess. I mean, It'd look at their ESG rating. Yeah. Look at, look at what Soros is doing with the, uh, you know, the migration techniques with his societies, the refugee centers, 
and MasterCard with the United Nations. $1,200 per leg. So why not? You know, I was talking to somebody yesterday that said that uh, they were in a, uh, I think they were in a Target store or something. And they Mm -hmm. said they've got so many people up there working to try and get people checked out that it's unreal because all the checks came through. Everybody's out blowing it on all kinds of just stuff, junk. Yeah, I mean, I'll be spending all mine on freaking business stuff. It'll be for making money. Uh, I don't know why. Why would you spend it on something that's going to be, you know, a, a commodity, if you will, right? If you have the opportunity to spend the money and make more money with it, why not do that? <laughs> Invest. Yeah, it. yeah, that's what some people are doing. You know, they're taking fourteen hundred dollars, they're buying Bitcoin, and they're calling it done. Yeah, but or any of the other ones. Yeah, but Bitcoin could be on the chopping block. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, supposedly. Which we we knew it was coming. I mean, whatever the Treasury Secretary or whatever the position is she has um, was saying that. Digital currency is the way forward if it's centralized, but all the other ones like Bitcoin and, and the uh, blockchain systems are a problem. Or excuse me, cryptocurrencies. They want to use blockchain, supposedly. They're a problem because they can't control them. That's why they're a problem. You could centralize blockchain systems, I, I think. No, but, I mean the cryptos. Oh, the cryptos. Yes, I, I agree. Yes, yes. Which we'll get into more of that tomorrow. Yes, that is going to be on the exclusive tomorrow. As a matter of fact, since you just said that, uh, I just realized the time. We are out of it, so we are going to have to go. But it's been a great conversation, as always. So for those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram channel, we just implemented a new discussion board today. We've also got comments that will be on all of our future posts. So we've got a couple of admins over there that will be posting some things as well. Articles and thoughts and two cents and all that stuff. So if you are subscribed to us on Telegram, if you feel so inclined, there will be a comment section that will pop up with each post. So feel free to weigh in. Feel free to jump into the discussion group uh, as well. Like I said, we just started it. We're not really advertising it yet. It hasn't been posted even in the channel yet, but uh, it is available. But we will start uh, posting that and and advertising that here in the coming days. But those of you who are listening, uh, you can go ahead and jump into that now if you like. So that is there. Also, we're going to be doing live Q&A uh, at some point on our Telegram channel in the coming days. Uh, I, I mean, I'll be in there the first time. Bruce, you'll probably be in there. Uh, might get Marty in there too. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, we'll be in there in the coming days. But we'll make sure that we have an announcement in there uh, a day or two before and what time that's going to be so you can make sure to be in there in your respective time zone. Uh, we, we may not actually be able to have Marty in there because all the women would be swimming, swooning over uh, yeah, that's accent. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, the accent. Yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. a very good point. Yeah, you're right. But yes, get signed up to us on our Telegram channel if you're not already. Uh, get over to Telegram, get registered, get signed up. Search for us when you get there. Search for Dynamic Independence, where public channel will pop right up. Click join. You'll be subscribed to us. You'll get all of our podcasts we put out here every day. And you'll also get an exclusive podcast that we put out once a week. You'll also be able to comment, talk to us in live time, jump into our live Q&A when we do have them. Uh, and tomorrow, we're going to be on an exclusive with a very special guest talking about cryptocurrencies, correct? Yeah, cryptos, blockchain, um, and some of the currencies themselves. So yeah, it'd be, mm-hmm. be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, but yeah, get signed up to us over there so you can get that extra content. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow here as much as possible, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience, we would appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that will do it for today. Bruce, I will see you tomorrow on the exclusive. Those of you who are signed up to us on our Telegram channel, we will see you on the exclusive tomorrow. If you are not, then have a great weekend and we will see you on Monday.